Glory to God. Well, praise God. It's a good day. It's a day he's made. Amen. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Had a message kind of all ready to rock and roll, and then I kind of got here and raced on the way here and felt like in my heart I had to do something different. And so, oh, well. That's the way it goes. I kind of like an Eeyore there for a minute. That's the way it goes. Be happy. Isn't there some song about being happy? Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Okay, I'll leave that alone. Okay. We're going to the book of Acts, chapter 3, once again. We will open up with our opening text we've been doing for just about a year now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 3, please. And uh, we are going to go to verse 19. Praise the Lord. It says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times, everybody say, so that, so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who has preached to you before whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things. I like that. Amen. And that's, of course, what we've been talking about the whole year, times of restoration of all things. Amen. Now, all things haven't been restored yet, so we'll just kind of stay with it, praise God, and hopefully get some more stuff restored. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you look like you could have a little more restoring going on. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Some of you need a little more than others, man, that's for sure. Hallelujah. Anyway, times of rest- restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all of all his holy prophets since the world began. Now, of course, um, back last week, uh, put 19 with the Amplified. Put that on the board, if you would. Uh, verse 19. Let's see if we got that. There we go. Praise the Lord. That's 21. Give me 19 if you got it. I'm sorry. I bet I wrote the wrong verse, didn't I? I'm sorry. You're right. I know I did. I gave you 21. I meant 19. Gosh, Mike, you should be kind of in the spirit here on this. Come on, girl. Anyway, praise the Lord. There it is. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is our new uh, new computer systems up and running now. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Amen. That's why it's a little different now. Praise the Lord. So uh, hopefully we'll it'll be much much better, more better. Amen. So repent. Look at your neighbor and say it's about time. Come on. <laughs> repent. Amen. Now that word repent, you know, uh, they could have it here in the in the Amplified. It says change change your mind and purpose. Amen. So it means. The word repent itself means a change of thought or a change of mind. It means literally to stop, turn, and go another direction. Amen. So uh, repent, change your mind and purpose, turn around, and return to God. In other words, obviously talking to a people that uh, needed to turn around. Well, to me, uh, that's all of us. Amen. And every area of your life that you stop, turn toward God once again, move toward God, guess what? Things begin to happen. Amen. And he says here that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean. Why? That the times of refreshing, amen, of recovering from the effects of heat and uh, effects of heat of reviving with fresh air, I like that, may come from the presence of the Lord. Now, of course, we've been talking about, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, times of refreshing coming from the presence of the Lord and moving in towards this thing of times of restoration of all things, praise God. Last week, we kind of 
spend a few more minutes on this verse 19, the beginning about the thing about uh, a change of mind, about repentance, turn, stop, turn, go the other direction, go the right direction, praise God. And I began to talk about uh, a thing called cause and effect. Amen. And uh, so I, uh, you know, went through a few verses here and there, you know, when you, uh, you know, like the scriptures are pretty clear, you know, you draw near to God, guess what? He draws near to you. Amen. You give, guess what? There's, there's, a, there's a harvest. There's, uh, you know, you, you know, you sow, you reap. Amen. There's seed time. There's harvest time. Amen. And we can kind of go on. We use several different verses talking about just cause and effect. Amen. And uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, but let's first give some definition here uh, because this is a kingdom principle. Uh, the word cause, uh, which means uh, just in a dictionary, just says this, it is that which produces an effect. Okay, it's talking about, you know, a, uh, an action or a decision or a choice that's being made and it produces an effect. Now you look up the word effect and it means that which is produced by a cause. Who would have thought, right? Amen. So, but it also refers to a, a result or an achievement, an outcome, or even a consequence. All right. So, in other words, uh, you know, your choices and your actions uh, can create a series of events. Amen. That turn into an outcome, a result, uh, or even a consequence. All right. And uh, so, uh, anyway, we kind of looked at a few things, but I kind of. Sp- uh, spent most of our time last week out of Matthew 7 and uh, verses 7 and 8 about asking it will be given, seek and you'll find, and knock and it'll be opened. And of course, we, we're not going to spend any more really time on that today, but uh, the point was is that if you're going to ask, we ask with the intent to receive. Come on, if we're going to seek, we seek with the intent to find. If we're going to knock, we knock with the intent uh, for that door to open, praise God, amen. And there's purpose behind it, praise God. And you have to remember cause and effect. So if we're not finding, if we're not, you know, receiving or finding or the doors ain't opening, uh, we don't want to go get mad at everybody because of something maybe they did or maybe God ain't doing what he should be doing. Most of the time it comes right down to this, it's cause and effect. So if we're not, you know, doing anything to create that, you know, if we're not really, uh, you know, if we're not really asking with the intent to receive and we're really not seeking with the intent to find and we're really not knocking with the intent for that to open up, well, then you can't go get mad at everybody because things ain't going your way. That was the whole just of it, praise God. And so I made a statement, and uh, we'll kind of use that, and then we'll spin off to what we have for you today. But if we will, uh, let's see here. Here we go. Uh, up here. The effect desired determines the cause required. There we go. The effect desired, amen, whatever you want for an effect, what kind of result do you want? Come on now, it's up to you. So what result do you want? What kind, of a, what kind of an end result do you want? What kind of outcome do you want? Well, then that determines the required cause. In other words, what, what needs to be done. So if, if you're, uh, you, know, you want more income in your life, well, then you have to say, okay, I need to get God involved in that. Come on, somebody. And so there's a purpose. I mean, and there's something I can do now, a cause, to stir that, to cause that to increase. So if I want that to increase, if I want a bigger harvest, then i got to be willing to, be a, uh, to do the cause, and that is sow or give, tithe, whatever it is that we're dealing with. Are you hearing me? Yep. If you're feeling like, you know, where's God when you need Him and all that, well, then how about this? How about you just move toward God, and you might be amazed at how God starts moving towards you. Right. I mean, not that God's ever left you or anything like that, but 
But sometimes, you know, it's just these little things, uh, you know, you just have to understand that, uh, you know, you just need, need to make movement toward God in some area. And if you will do that, you'll get a result, praise God. Probably a little better result than you've been getting. Amen. amen. Can I hear a big amen? amen. All right. So with that said, uh, we're going to go today uh, to Mark, chapter Mark, verse 11, please. Mark 11. Like I said, some of this kind of shifted a little bit. Um, so we'll see how it rolls here. Mark 11. And um, verse, uh, well, verse 22. This, of course, is after the, the fig tree, the whole thing where he cursed the fig tree and it withered. And, of course, he, you know, the boy saw it and asked about it and everything. He's given an answer to that. Um, he said this in verse 22. And Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Amen. Now, I always thought that was kind of a duh statement, but that's it really, in all honesty, it's, it's pretty profound. Amen. So if you're going to put some, your confidence and reliance and dependence on somebody, let's put it on God. Amen. I mean, it's that, it's that simple, really. So, uh, you know, put, put your faith in God. Put your trust in God. Amen. Have faith in God. And then he goes on to say, for, who, who, uh, uh, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain... Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and what will happen? Here's the effect, and you will have them. So he says in this verse, anyway, now we, we might look at some, other, uh, some of this a little later here, but first he says here, if you can believe that you receive, so whatever it is that you're praying for and believing for, these whatever things, okay, uh, some verses use, uh, you know, believing for what all things are possible or, or nothing's impossible, so there's things, there's all kinds of whatever things out there, praise God, that you ask when you pray, but if you want this to work, if you want the right effect, if you want the results to be right, in other words, the results are you will have them, then we're going to have to believe that we receive. Now, in all honesty, the principles are pretty simple. It's just, you know, getting your head wrapped around it. Come on, somebody. And so, believe that you receive, amen, if you will believe that you receive, amen, then you will have, all right? So here we go. The word believe, uh, pisteo, okay? So it comes from the word, you know, the Greek word uh, pistos, which is faith, uh, you know, to believe, uh, to, uh, to be confident of, uh, to uh, be dependent on, reliance, uh, conviction, all these are all synonyms to that. Uh, and this word here, to believe, just based on kind of how it's used in the sentence, but it's, it comes out of the same root word, but it's, uh, the word is pistel, okay? And it just, again, means to have faith in or to entrust or to commit to trust, okay? Now, here's the spin of it, though, okay? So if you, as you're looking at this word, it's talking about this, this word commit. In other words, to, to commit to trust refers to commitment with no options, because that's the part that messes us up. Anybody hear me? See, the principle is pretty simple. Believe that you receive and you will have. Okay, that sounds simple, right? Believe that you receive and what will happen, you will have. You'll have whatever you're praying for, okay, what you're asking for. 
Okay, so, but the problem is, see, that word believe is kind of where it hangs us up a little bit because it's talking about a commitment with no options. The problem is there's all these other options, all these other things that come in there and muddy the waters. So then what happens is we're really not believing that we receive. We're hoping that we receive. Come on, somebody. Nothing wrong with hope in itself. Uh, but if it's done right, there should be some faith coming alongside of that to give it substance. Amen? Anyway, whole other sermon there. But uh, the bottom line is we're not just a wishing and hoping. Come on, somebody. And just, you know, mouthing things. And come on, somebody. Uh, because a lot of times that happens, and then we get all upset because we're not having, we're not, receive, we're not really receiving what we say we're believing. So we should probably get some answers, right? I mean, I'd rather have answers than go around just being mad at God because something isn't happening like I want. Or mad at you, or have you mad at me, or... Huh? Come on. So, um, anyway, to believe... That you receive. Now, that Greek word there, receive, lambano, okay, which means to, to get hold of or to obtain it or seize it, to attain it, also another word there. But I thought this was interesting. Uh, believe that you receive and you will have. Now, the word will have is one word, uh, esomia. Uh, I don't know if I pronounced it exactly right, E-S-O-M-A-I, uh, esomia, I think is how it is. Uh, but anyway, it means uh, will be. In other words, if you believe you receive, it will be. If you believe it, you receive, it shall be is another one. It means also it shall come to pass. Okay, just different ways of saying it. It's just other synonyms kind of it. But it also means what will follow. I thought that was interesting. So in other words, if you believe you receive, guess what? It'll follow. It just happens. You know, it's, it's like we uh, used the illustration. I, I, I don't know if I did it last week or not, but, you know, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God. Well, what's going to happen? Well, something will follow. <laughs> you know, seek first the kingdom, and all these other things are added to you. They just follow you. You know, you just move forward in God, and it says, surely goodness and mercy will bump into you. Because <laughs> they're always back there. Come on, somebody. You just move forward in God, just keep going in God, and you just have to know there's certain things that follow. Amen. Well, if you believe that you receive, you will have follows. Amen. I thought that was good, right? Come on. Just another way of looking at it. Praise God. It also means to sojourn, but it just refers to in the sense of it, be, it, it comes from where it has to come to, to make residence where you're at. Okay, to sojourn. So in other words, you believe that you receive, well, then you will have, comes wherever it has to come, and here it comes, right here, why? To, to set up camp, to abide to take up residence right where you're at. Why? Because cause and effect. See, you believed that you received, amen, and what happens? Here it comes, praise God. It will follow, amen. It'll take up residence right where you're at, praise God. So I thought that's good, amen? amen. All right, praise the Lord. Uh, verse 23, please. Let's look at this, verse 23. Because <clears throat> it gives us a few answers here. Uh, verse 23 says, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, okay, and be cast. Now, the word mountain, just for, you know, for whatever it means, it's not talking about Mount Bachelor, right? Come on. It just means that which towers above. That's why it's used, the, the word is defined as mountain, okay? It just means that which towers above or that which kind of is overpowering or overtowering you or somehow overshadowing you. 
In other words, this thing, whatever it is right now, maybe is, it looks huge, but come on. You speak to that mountain, what's it say? Be removed and be cast into the sea, amen, and does not, here we go, doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Now, there's several things in this. I'm just going to make mention of this, and we'll probably bring it up here a little later. You notice how many times it says saying, whoever says to this mountain, huh? Come on now. Uh, those things he says will be done, and, whatever, and he will have whatever he says. Now, the point being is this. You, you, we definitely have to know one thing. You've got to get your mouth involved. Yeah. Amen. Your mouth's got to be involved, and, and you've got to have to start saying the right stuff. Come on now. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'll get on that here in a little bit, but it's got to be key. Because if you're, if you're going to believe that you receive, there's little key things. Come on now. So if we want to make sure that we're, you know, we're gonna, we are going to be believing that we're receiving, amen, why? So we can have an effect, a cause, an outcome, hallelujah, of we will have, amen. One of those things is my mouth must be engaged in the right direction. All right. Just, uh, just a fact, all right. So, okay, so we'll get back on that. But here's the other one here. And does not doubt in his heart, okay? Does not doubt. Now, many times I've talked on doubt, and probably most people here on the Wednesday night have heard me talk about this multiple times. Uh, but the word doubt itself, if you look it up in a uh, you know, concordance, it just uh, a lot of the uh, synonyms to that word doubt means to waver. Uh, to hesitate, it means, speaks of uncertainty, to be unsettled, uh, means a loss of confidence. But here we go, it means a fluctuation of mind, which is pretty key here. Okay, so uh, anyway, uh, the word um, dis, die, or day, okay, is, is part of the word uh, doubt, is what, not the whole word, but a piece of that word, which means twice, again, uh, um, a second time, that kind of thing. So anytime you start talking about doubt, and anytime it's brought up in Scripture, uh, it's referring to really a second thought comes in. You, you made a decision, I'm standing, I'm believing that I receive, I spoke to that thing, I've declared that thing, I'm standing for this, I've made my confession, hallelujah, but now here comes all this other stuff swirling around. Now listen, I uh, you know, put 24 back on the board because I want 24 to manifest for you. And that is when you ask, uh, when you pray, amen, and you believe, amen, that you receive, I want you to have. Right. See, and there, we just have to understand that that's not a hard principle. That's not a complicated principle. It's just a cause and effect. But here you go, if the cause is off, if it's tweaked, if it's wrong, then it messes up the effect. That's all. All right? So we just have to say, okay, then, maybe I'm really not believing that I receive. Now, nobody really wants to admit that because we all want to think we're spiritual enough, you know? You know, somebody says, are you believing God? Well, of course I am, man. <laughs> What's your problem? Right? Come on now. And then we, we might get defensive about it. And there's no need to get defensive about it. Sometimes you just flat out know, you know, I'm really not believing. I'm, all, I'm worn with this thing. I'm, I'm up and down with it. I'm struggling with it. Well, then we can start with that, see? 
right? But if you go around telling everybody, no, I'm believing that I receive, and then you're not getting the results, and then you want to, you know, to try to save face, and you, you start saying, well, it's everybody else's fault, or it's God, you know, God's got the issue, right? Right? Somebody's got to get the blame, because I know we didn't do nothing wrong, right? That's what happens. But you have to be, you know, maybe, maybe there's some doubt in here. Maybe I'm struggling here, wavering on this thing. Okay, maybe I have this, what, he's, what was that last part? A uh, fluctuation of mind. Come on now. Uh, give me a couple of those other references. This is uh, Matthew's account of this, Matthew 21, 21. Let's read a couple of these. It says, uh, this is how he words it. Um, so uh, Jesus answered and said to them, Assured I say to you, if you have faith, that's how he words it here in Matthew, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into sea, and it will be done. Amen. So that's how Matthew worded it. Uh, give me, um, I think it was another reference in Matthew. Put Matthew 14. There you go. Now, this is what happened um, when uh, Peter walked on the water. Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. He said, It's me. And so, you know, he said, Come. So Peter steps out of the boat. Amen. And the rest of the boys are singing, don't rock the boat, baby. No, no. Anyway, um, moving right along, where did that come from? Anyway, <laughs> praise the Lord. But anyway, so anyway, uh, so Peter rocked the boat a little bit and got out, praise God, walking on water. Come on, somebody. And uh, so uh, he looks in the storm. All of a sudden, he gets, his distract he gets distracted. He's no longer focused on Jesus. We know the story. And thus he begins to sink, cries out to the Lord, verse 31, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, you think, you know, man, I mean, the boy walked on water, so, I mean, you think that, you know, it just seems kind of like almost like a rebuke, you know, and, uh, but what he was just saying is, son, you, you, you fluctuated and you're thinking here, you, you got distracted and you let, you let another thought in there. And, and the whole time, man, look what you were doing. And so, you know, we, you know, and I think so many times, and maybe, maybe we've been in that same situation, or maybe we're walking on water in a sense, in a situation in an area of our life. Uh, you know, we're, we're called to be water walkers. Come on, somebody. And uh, so, we, you know, I'm stepping out of the boat and moving forward in God. And, and then what happens, you know, some little thing gets us distracted and pulls our thoughts away. And next thing you know, we're struggling. There's a fluctuation of mind. And next thing you know, we're not getting the results we want. Come on, somebody. Now, again, let's just, I think most of you know me well enough to know that we're not here. It ain't about condemnation. It's not about guilt. It's not about some shame because we did something wrong. It's about getting some results. So if we got to make some adjustments and some change, let's do it. If, we, if, if we're struggling in mind, then, let's, then let's, get the, let's get our mind right. Amen. If we're really not believing that we receive, then let's just get to the place where we believe that we receive. Are you still with me? Okay, let me give you another one here because before I move on here, because you, you got to understand that if the doubt's in there, it's going to mess it all up, period. I said it's going to mess it all up. So you, you can say all day long, I believe something, but if doubt is in there and you're constantly back and forth and unsettled all the time, then you just have to understand there's not going to be results, not the results you want. Okay, all right. So give me the book of James 1, put that, verse 6, and let him ask in faith with no, here it is again, no doubting, for he who doubts, I like how James brings it out, he who doubts is going to be like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. 
Okay, you're up, you're down, you're in, you're out. One minute you're on, next minute you're unplugged. Next, you know what I mean? You're going forward. Next minute it's like, ah. You know, so verse 7, here we go. Uh, For let not that man, here we go, or woman, come on, or it, I mean, whatever. Uh, you know, nowadays, you know, you got to be guard with what you say, he or she or. So I guess we're just it's. Anyway, uh, for let not that man suppose that he will, what, receive anything from the Lord. Why? Why, Lord? What did I do? Well, you're double-minded. He's a double-minded man and unstable, unstable in all his ways. So you're in, you're doubt, you're up, you're down. Why? Doubt gets in there. A second thought comes. You're, you're on board. You're moving forward. Here comes another thought. Now you're struggling with it. All right? Now, uh, again, no condemnation, but there are things to do, things to, uh, ways to fix this, right? Right. Praise the Lord for that, huh? Okay, so let's, um, I think what I did is I gave you 2 Corinthians 10. Put that up there um, because this is where it's going to have to start. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. And this is kind of some of the stuff. I had a whole bunch of other things I wanted to kind of, I kind of felt like I needed to right here shift this and change this a little bit because this is how we begin to turn this thing around. Because if it's, if it's a fluctuation of mine, if my head is not in the game when it should be in the game, then, Pastor, what do I do with it? Because do I just let my head dictate, let my head run everything? Uh, you know, just let my thoughts just run it rampant and go everywhere. No, uh, you got to start casting down those arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity Amen. to the obedience of Christ. You got to start first, you're going to have to start taking authority over them thoughts. When you start feeling that second thought coming and dictating, first thing it is, you're going to start casting that thing down. Take authority over it. Say, I refuse to think that way. Now, we don't just go around saying, just say no. Come on, somebody. Because that really don't work. Because you've got to have to say yes to something. Come on now. So, casting down arguments. The word arguments there means, uh, uh, refers to reasonings, um, anything from like assumptions and, and different things. So, again, it's talking about these other thoughts coming in. You know, you're going along, you're believing God, you want to believe that you receive, but all of a sudden, here comes a little, here comes a little reasoning. Well, you know, wisdom would say maybe stop and think this through. No, this is a time to step out of the boat and move forward. Well, now, we don't really want to get too hasty about all this. Well, that sounds like something needs to be cast down because if we're not going to believe that we receive, we're not going to have. So we're going to have to take authority over them thoughts, those reasonings, those assumptions, those things that try to, the next one here, they try to exalt themselves. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. See, that thing comes along and God says, this is, you know, you can have this, or this is the promise, or this is, the, this is what you're standing on, this is what you've declared, and this is what God says about it. But here comes that thing that tries to exalt itself above that and say, now, wait a minute. You sure God knows what he's talking about? Or it could just be, are you sure? 
if you're reading that right or you're believing that right or all this other stuff comes. And you're going to have to settle it. You say, well, Pastor, I think that's, a, that's a, valid, a valid thing. Well, then let's get it settled. If you're not sure or unsure, then let's get it settled. And then get back to believing. All right? So, again, there's no condemnation about it, but uh, there's just a lot of stuff that comes along. And believe me, uh, you know, you all know as well as I do. I mean, you can't even hardly turn on a television or a radio or anything else without hearing all kinds of stuff out there. Come on, somebody. Nowadays, Internet and, and iPads and iPods and iThis and iThat. Come on, somebody. It's amazing. It's a, it's a year of, or pardon me, it's a, it's a day uh, of information. Don't they call it a, uh, you know, a time of information? That's everything's all, you know, all this information is being shoved at you all the time. Well, most of it tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. I said most of it is trying to somehow or another knock you off what you're trying to believe for. And if you don't watch it, pretty soon you hook up to it, and then you start kind of justifying it or start, hey, you know, maybe, you know, you know, maybe, maybe this faith stuff's, you know, maybe it's a little wacky or something. Huh? Well, hmm. maybe Jesus didn't know what he was talking about. Hmm. Well, I'd say he did. So what happens is all this stuff comes along, and so if you want to have, if the effect, if the, if the result, if the, the outcome is, needs to be this, then it determines the cause. means you're going to have to, in this particular case, what we're dealing with, you're going to have to believe that you receive if you're going to have. It's that simple, but... The believe you receive is where all the fun is, right? And so you just have to understand if that's the result you want, you're going to have to get this settled. So cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And what? Bringing, here we go, every thought. To me, it just kind of sums it up. Bringing every thought into captivity. Now, for whatever it's worth, uh, I don't think, I don't think uh, the words in here, you know, are just, you know, just kind of said to be kind of poetic or whatever. If he says that bring every thought into captivity means you could bring every thought into captivity. And I, in fact, if you ask, Lord, help me get this, you might be amazed how he'll help you with it. Amen. And all of a sudden, you know, you're realizing, you know what, I'm not connected. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not really believing. I'm warring with this. I'm struggling with this. Okay, so then I have to start. It starts with taking, taking authority over these thoughts. I'm going to have to take them captive. Okay, so, but what do I, what do, I do? I mean, what do? I mean, what do I do? I mean, what do I, what do I believe? What, do I, what kind of thought should I be believing then? Well, then I'm glad you asked that question. It's called the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. Amen. And so put Romans 12 and 2 up there. 
So in order for this to happen right, if you're going to be in a place where you're going to keep every thought captive and going in the right direction, then this is the process that's going to have to happen. Now somebody says, well, I don't like all this process stuff. Gah! I just want answers. I just want it to happen. And you've been saying that for five years. So why not take that five years and do it the book route? Come on, somebody. Get a hold of this thing. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove or discern what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Don't be conformed to the world. Don't be adapted to the world. And guess what? You don't, you don't have to do anything and that will manifest. You know, just, just walking every day and doing, you know, and if you just, you know, you're not, you know, you don't have any pursuit of God going on in you, uh, you will just automatically, that first part of the verse will automatically happen for you. You don't have to work real hard at that one. You just become conformed. And pretty soon you're thinking like the world thinks, you're talking like the world talks, you're responding like the world responds, your reactions are like the world's reactions. And then even though you're, you're, you're you know, not even knowing it, you're on both sides of the fence, so to speak, and you're wondering why God ain't manifesting. Come on now. We get mad because I guess this Jesus stuff don't work anyway. That preacher doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, you don't have to do anything. You just conform. But it says we're supposed to be, here we go, transformed. And most of us know this verse, right? Come on now. We're supposed to be transformed. Metamorphio. Well, we got our word metamorphosis, okay? Uh, tadpole to a frog. Uh, 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 was it a caterpillar to a butterfly? That's all metamorphosis. So there was one thing, and there was a metamorphosis, and it becomes another thing. Well, it says that that same thing happens in your life. <clears throat> There's transformation. Well, how does that happen? Well, by a renewing of your mind. Now, in context, talking about with the Word of God. So a renewing. So the word renewing means a renovation. Does anybody like renovation? I mean, most, some, you know, it depends what we're renovating. But, you know, I mean, have you ever lived in renovation in your house? We did one time. We had a place that we did, and we gutted it, and it was just basically uh, outside walls. In fact, they weren't, they weren't even sheetrock. They were just all the outside walls, and the only walls that were up was four little walls that are around the furnace. And that's all there was in the middle of the house. And then we had to have a curtain around the toilet because we hadn't lived in it while we were doing it. It was a glorified tent. <laughs> but we did have plumbing. <sighs> and, yeah, what's that? Not in the kitchen. We, yeah, not in the, yeah, right. And uh, so we, uh, we, you know, had to renovate the whole thing. And, uh, and, you know, I mean, you're, praise the Lord when it's all done. I love it when it's renovated. But sometimes the renovation process isn't always fun. And so you might be thinking, well, I'm not having, well, that, uh, you know, and that means we're going to have to, you know, work on this believe that you receive thing because you're struggling with it. You're up and down with it. Okay. You got a little bit of uh, fluctuation of mind and thought that's, that's warring with you. One minute you're believing it, next minute you're not. And like I said, it could be all kinds of things. It could be just things that are said. It could be things that you're, how, what you're looking at, what you're seeing, how you're feeling. All this stuff happens, and it tries to get you knocked off 
what you should be believing, right? And so we understand, okay, now that we need to, uh, you know, we need to get our believer in line, amen? So we have to start with changing these thoughts. Well, it may take a little bit of transformation, a little bit of a renewing of the mind, but it's always worth it. So you take that word and you begin to renovate. And so usually in renovation means there's a removal before the new, right? And that's the part that sometimes it takes a, a few minutes or days. And that's the part most people don't want to do. Well, I don't want to deal with that. I just want to have. I just want to have. I want God. <sighs> Pastor, you pray. Because <laughs> hopefully you're renovated. <laughs> and we all want to have. Well, you can have. The promises are just as, just as much for you as they are for me or anybody else or any of our saints of old, praise God, our uh, patriarchs of faith, amen. They all got it one way, the same way you get it, praise God, amen. Cause and effect, amen. They might have had a, a little bit of renovating to do before they got the result. In almost all of them, that was the case. Okay, they didn't all get it right off the bat. They all had to renovate a little bit, get their thoughts a little bit different. Come on, somebody. And so that same thing happens for you and me. And so we might say, well, I don't, I don't have time for that. Yes, but like I said, you've been saying you want to have for the last five years. So how much time do you need? You might be amazed at what you can get done in five days. If you hook up with Jesus, come on and get it going, praise God. And I'd rather take five days of more transformation to get my believer in gear so that I do believe that I receive. Why? So I can have. There's some things that it didn't take long to renovate and get a hold of. And then there were some things I'm still working on. I like the suddenly verses. Anybody else? And suddenly. But we forget about all the stuff that happened before the suddenly. Amen, somebody. One year, uh, somebody had said to uh, Joyce Meyer one time, said, man, you were like an overnight success. And she said, well, that was one long night then. <laughs> That's the truth, man, because nobody, nobody knew her then. Nobody knew all the time and the energy, all that she did to renew and renovate. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And so it's the same thing with probably anybody that's done anything, uh, got anything, praise God. So anyway, so uh, change of mind, amen, it's going to start with, with some transformation. It's going to start with transforming, amen, metamorphosis by a renewing of the mind. If we begin to renew the mind, transformation comes. Renovation, or pardon me, uh, uh, um, uh, metamorphosis happens, praise God. It just starts happening. In fact, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians that it's a, it work, it's a work by the Spirit. So if you will just keep renovating, amen, your mind, amen, metamorphosis just starts happening, amen. And pretty soon, you're not wavering on believing that you receive. Every promise in the book you can have. Amen. Now, there's some of those are easier for you to grab than other things. 
And maybe the things that are easy for you to grab is maybe a little harder for the next guy, but yet that guy, this area is pretty easy for him to grab, and that's a struggle for you. I mean, we're all somewhere in this. Come on, somebody. And so transformation begins to happen by renewing of the mind and that you may prove. So in other words, what it's there for is that you can begin to discern things. You've got to really bring that out because you're starting to believe that you receive. Well, what if all of a sudden you start finding out, you know what, you're believing something wrong. Well, man, I've been believing that for years. It's a good thing we got that fixed then, right? So you got to be able to discern or prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So it could be that when you're sitting here believing that you receive, maybe, maybe your believer needs to be tweaked just a hair. I'd rather be tweaked. This just somehow didn't sound right. I'd rather be tweaked than go on without having. Everybody with me on that one? So if it takes a little modification or a little change or a little, a little tweak in the head, so be it, praise God. And all it took was a little bit of renovation, and all of a sudden transformation begins to happen. How many know, uh, let, me, let me ask a question, this, hopefully we can all feel good at this question. How many are, are, are somewhere different than you were a year ago? And I don't mean physically, I mean spiritually in God. You think so? Some of you are unsure about that one. Well, I, I wanted this to be a happy moment for you. How many believe that you're, you're not the same place you were a year ago? Amen. Things have kind of happened, you know. Uh, things, you know, through uh, growing and development, a lot of times you, you, that metamorphosis is going on. And, and you're thinking, wow, man, I mean, a year ago I used to struggle with that. Now I'm not struggling with that no more, praise God. You know, that kind of stuff. Well, it's the same thing in, your, in the area of believing that you receive. Amen. You just keep on moving forward. You keep this transformation going on, praise God, through that renovation of your mind, through the Word of God coming in, praise God. Amen. Remember, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by that word, you just keep it coming in, you just keep it coming in. Pretty soon, you're renovating, tearing out the old, putting in the new. Hallelujah. Metamorphosis begins to manifest. Praise God. You're beginning to discern what's right, what ain't. You start knowing whether you're hooked up or you're not hooked up. Come on, somebody. Most times, you know, I think I brought this out last week. Most times when I'm, you know, praying or believing God, I mean, I know when I... I, I'm kind of in the middle of it, and I just know when I'm, you know, I'm not really connected. You know, I just know I'm not, you know, just by the Spirit, I, you, you just kind of know. You know, I'm just really not in faith at this moment, you know. Or I know I'm not, I'm not connected, I'm not in, in a sense of presence. I just, you just know it, okay. And as and, and long as you get honest with yourself and say, you know, wait, okay, you know, most time what I do is this, okay. I just say, Father, forgive me. I know better than this. That simple. That was that, that, that easy. I'd have to fall on the ground and, and you know, and boo-hoo and do 40 push-ups and hopefully God now will love me more. I just said, Lord, I know better than this. I'm not really connected. I'm kind of on autopilot. I'm not really in faith. Forgive me for that, sir. So then I just kind of regroup, get back in it, connect, praise God. Why? Because through discernment, amen, you know whether you know it. You know you're connected. Come on now. Most time you do too. Amen. So anyway, you get back, you get regrouped. Why? Because I want to have. I want to have. Right. So, amen. So I want to, you know, and, and I'm not really into wasting time. 
If I'm in prayer, I'd like to get something done. Amen. So if I know I'm not getting anything done, let's regroup and get something done. So I don't go the rest of the day thinking, man, that was a waste of prayer time. I don't want to do that. I want to get something done. So, amen. So, uh, you know, a change of thought comes, amen, through a renovation process. Praise God. Hallelujah. With the word of God. Amen. Give me, uh, let's see, there's another verse I wanted to bring out. Uh, let's do, uh, what did I give you up back there? First Timothy, right? All right, because I said I was going to talk about this, so I want to talk about this. So, here's the other thing. Believing that you receive, why so you can have? All right, now we talked a little bit about your words. Um, fight the good fight of faith. Everybody say a good fight. Good fight of faith. And uh, so there's a good fight, and there's probably then, if there's a good fight, there's probably a bad fight. I don't know, just saying. Um, but a good fight of faith means you're winning. Come on, somebody. And uh, so I don't know, maybe a bad fight really isn't a fight of faith, then maybe it's just a bad fight. You ever been in a bad fight? I was in a bad fight once. Didn't turn out good. <laughs> Only one. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, a uh, good fight of faith, amen, is what we're called to have, right? So, and it says you lay hold uh, onto eternal life. That word uh, means, uh, you know, everlasting, but it's referring to a quality of life, okay? All right, so that quality of life that to which you were called. Remember now, eternal life began, the Word of God says in John 17, that eternal life begins, he said this, with knowing the Father and the Son in whom he sent. So when you made Jesus Lord of your life, you could begin this thing called eternal life. Not referring to someday when you get to heaven. Now, granted, that's part of it. But eternal life is a quality of life that you can have. Why? Because of who you know now, who you're connected with, what family you're in now. Come on, somebody. It's a big part of it. Being born again. Hallelujah. So we lay hold. Everybody say lay hold. Because that's what we're doing. That's what we're talking about. We're laying hold. Hallelujah. What's ours in this life? Praise God. I want to have. Praise God. I want to believe that I receive, and I'm going to have, praise God. So I'm going to lay hold of this, praise God. Well, this good fight of faith, amen, is requiring you to lay hold to that which, which you were called, and you confess the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. All right, so this has got to be a part of it, all right? And so, uh, you know, not only am I uh, putting the word in, not only am I changing and renovating my mind, hallelujah, and metamorphosis is taking hold, praise God, hallelujah, getting those thoughts, taking every thought captive, praise God, casting down those things that I know are not of God. Why? Because that word's getting more in me and more in me, praise God, and I'm realizing that's a bad thought. Throw it down. Right? So you get after it, praise God. Why? Because all of this is happening, but you also got to have your mouth engaged. So a good fight of faith, part of that laying hold of what's yours, you're going to also have to confess a good confession. The word confession, okay, to confess a good confession. Uh, again, homos logis, okay, is the Greek word. Uh, come, the two words come together, and it means same word, okay? 
So you speak the same word. Well, what am I supposed to say? Same word. What word? His word. What are you believing for? Well, I'm believing for this. Then you better be talking that. Remember, you say unto that mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and it shall obey you, right? And all the things that you say shall come to pass. Why? Because you keep saying, come on, somebody. It's got to be a part of it. So you got to be talking it, praise God. So part of that good fight of faith is not just taking the word in, amen, and receiving and believing and getting all your thoughts right. You've got to get this mouth engaged. I said you got to get the mouth engaged. And working for you, not against you. Remember, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Death and life, the blessing, the curse, all that. See, your words are like containers. Brother uh, Caps always used to say, words are like containers. And they contain life or they contain death. And so you determine what kind of containers you're going to, you know, what you got you know, with you and around you and what you're building, what you're putting together. So what are, you, what are you speaking out your mouth? Jesus says it's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you, it's what comes out your mouth that defiles you. Amen. Your words justify, your words condemn you. You can kind of go on and on with all kinds of verses and, you know, put a guard over your, uh, you know, the uh, uh, psalmist says put a guard over the words. Uh, put a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and over the words of my lips. Amen. Put a guard. Amen. Put a guard over me. Why? Because it's important what you say. All right? Now, the same confession, the same word. Well, if you ain't got no word going, then you probably won't know what to say. You might just keep going on saying the same old crazy stuff you've been saying. And the problem is you keep having what you keep saying. And you don't like what you're having. You want this other thing. But, you know, if you want the cat, stop calling the dog. And you might say, well, Pastor, I, I, I want this thing to happen. Well, I know, but you keep talking this. Well, no, I'm believing. No, you're, you're believing something else. You're up and down with this thing. Because your own words are, 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 are giving tail of where you're at. And so you got to keep your words in line. Now, guess what? Here you go. This is the part. Now, remember now this, believe that you receive cause, and you shall have effect. We all want that to happen. Amen. So, you got to have to be real with yourself about this one. Because here's the way it works. When you come to church, you are an amazing saint. for at least an hour, well, two hours, our services. Actually, a little more if you come a little early and leave a little late. It could be as much as three hours here. For three hours, man, we could pretty much make ourselves say the right things. And you should. I don't want you talking something you shouldn't. I'd rather you say in hallelujah than some other thing. I'd rather you talk in faith than something else. You know as well as I do, it's really not when you're in church that your words really count as much. I better, better make it sound like you can't say, but it, you know, because it's when you're at home. 
Pastor, leave me alone. I just want to let my hair down. <laughs> leave me alone. God, get off my back. Remember now, it was the murmuring in the tents that limited God and thus caused them to wander in a wilderness 40 years. Somebody in the tents. Well, it's a good thing I don't live in a tent. You know what I mean. Amen. Somebody says, well, it's in, you know, because when we get behind closed doors. So we get behind closed doors, we think, oh, it's King's X. I can say what I want to say. It's okay. That's how I feel. So there. Ah! <laughs> well, just remember, if we're up and down with what we believe that we receive, it will affect the outcome. And so we might think that, you know, when we're at home, it's all okay, and it ain't. In fact, in those pressure moments is when you get more done. If you, really, if you understood that in that pressure moment that you're feeling this way and everything in you wants to say something else, that's when you, no way, I say this. And you'll find you gain more ground during those moments. It's a fact. So you want to believe that you receive so that you can have. Amen. And so... You know, don't get mad because the having part hasn't manifested yet. We just might have to tweak on a few things. Maybe our thoughts are wrong. Maybe we're uh, not discerning something. Maybe we're talking something we shouldn't be talking. Maybe, maybe we need a little more renovation up there, praise God. Maybe I'm not discerning some things. Well, you get the word going and you start discerning some things. I want results. Anybody else want results? Yeah. I want results. All right. Let's, uh, uh, real quick, let's look at another story here, and then we'll close it with this story. And that is in Mark 9, since we're not too far off that, or at least I'm still in Mark here. Mark 9. And um, let's see some of this in operation. <clears throat> let's see. I'm going to go to verse uh, 14. Kind of a common story, uh, at, least, at least some of this is pretty common. And it says, when he came to, the, to his disciples, he saw a great multitude around him and scribes disputing with them. And immediately he, uh, when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed, running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, says, what are, uh, what are you discussing with them? All right. And so then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son. So obviously it's the father who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him and throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes the teeth, and becomes rigid. Now, he's going into seizures is what we're talking about here, right? Okay. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless or unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Uh, bring him to me. And they brought him uh, to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground, wallowing and foaming at the mouth. Okay, now chances are that's probably what happened to him in the disciples when he was brought in front of the disciples. So you can imagine now, Jesus is standing there, the Father standing there, we've got people all the way around. The boy, the young boy, is now, uh, you know, falling on the ground here again, going into another seizure. That's probably not a pretty sight. 
Um, most people in the crowd probably took a step back. Right? Come on now. Um, you know, it's not, a, it's not an easy thing to watch. And, of course, the father and himself, here he is seeing his son go through all this again. And uh, so Jesus asked the father, verse 21, he said, uh, how long has this been happening to him? Now, there's a reason he asked these questions. He said, from childhood. I know Jesus understood that and knew that already, but everybody around didn't, and you didn't. Right? So it's recorded for you to understand. Everybody say, from childhood. Because that is key. And often he's thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe. One translation says, you know, uh, there's no place for if here. It's not about if I can do this. Amen. So if you can believe. So he puts it back in the Father's lap just like he would yours. There ain't nothing about this scenario that's easy. Have you ever seen somebody go into a seizure? It's not an easy thing to watch. And if you're a family member, it surely ain't easy. Come on, somebody. Now, this one, he says, often gets thrown into the fire. In fact, back up uh, 22, verse 22. And often. Everybody say often. often. See, so he's... He has had this problem since childhood often. He has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Can you imagine the picture of that? It's hard to lose that. It, it starts happening again. The first thing you do, your mind goes back and you start, here we go again. And, you know, just this ongoing thing. It's key. But if you can do anything, have compassion. Lord, I want to I wanna have it. I want to have it. I want to have. Well, you've got to, verse 23, you've got to believe. Well, that don't sound like compassion to me, but it is compassion. If you want to have cause and effect, you've got to believe that you receive. Come on. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. That has never changed. That works for whosoever. Okay, so it just, we got to get to a place where we can believe. He's saying, Dad, listen, you want that to change? Then you got to believe it, you receive it. If you're going to sit here and war with this thing and struggle with this thing, in fact, I want to I throw a thing at it. If you want to keep thinking on past experience, you ain't never going to have. Now, he's not being mean to Dad. He's not being condemning. He's not rude. He's not, he's not law. Where's his heart? He said, listen, I want your boy delivered as much as you do. Here's how it works. Believe that you receive it. 
Because everybody that believes, they have. You can have it. So there's, in this particular case, what wars with the head is past experience. Here he goes again. Go, I mean, right in front of us again. Man, here he goes. This, see? See? This is what I have to put up with. This is what I have to deal with. This is what happens to me all the time. Okay, what about it? Well, you're uncaring. No, no, we're not uncaring. You just can't sit here and think on that because it won't change that. So you're going to have to say, I can't give my attention to past experiences. I get the spit, so I better back up here. Amen. I can't be so connected to past experiences. I got to get my head in the game so that I believe that I receive. Why? So I can have, praise God. Well, right now, when this thing happens, it makes me want to run back into my memory bank, back into the files and pull up all these other things. And Jesus said, listen, now you've got, you got a fluctuation of mind again. Your, your, mind, your thoughts are going down the wrong road. You can't have if you're going to be doing that all the time. Well, come on, man. This ain't fair. No, it's the same for everybody. No, they don't have what I have to deal with. Well, they maybe don't have the exact thing, but they all got their war too. Come on, somebody. Everybody's got their warfare. You may not all be sharing the exact same one, but I guarantee you, you can sit here all day long and I can have every one of you one at a time. Tell me what you're dealing with. What's your, what's your battle? And everybody might have you might go, oh, I didn't know they were struggling with that. Oh, I didn't know that was going on. Oh, see, you might be amazed at what everybody else had to deal with. And not that you need to know what everybody else is dealing with. Come on now. But the bottom line is, just because you're dealing with something doesn't mean that, well, you know, hey, now listen, it, you gotta, you're going to have to do whatever it takes. Amen. If that means you're going to have to do a little more renovation, a little bit more of, of renewing that mind, amen, get a little more metamorphosis going on, praise God. There's a little bit more discernment going on. So every time that thought comes up where you want to sulk or you want to have pity or you want to you get mad or you want to you blame everybody, you go, ah, Foul devil, get behind me. I cast that thought down in Jesus' name. I believe that I receive. Hallelujah. Yeah. You got to say the same thing, praise God. You can't get all caught up in this. Well, Dad, you know, got a, got a little bit of a handle on it, praise God. Verse 24, uh, let's see here. It says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I do believe, right? I believe. Help my unbelief. Now, I don't believe he needed help with the unbelief. I think he had enough of it. But anyway, but the bottom line was he, he, he figured it out, got a hold of it. Jesus, uh, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit and said to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Verse 26, what happened? Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that uh, many said he is dead. And of course he didn't, right? But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And he, of course, was whole, right? Come on, somebody. Somebody give God praise. Amen. Now, okay, Dad got a hold of it. Didn't take long that time, did it? I mean, that would have been a bummer. Jesus prayed, and he said, well, guess you ain't got her yet. So come back when you got her. That would have been a bummer. But he obviously got it. He realized it needed a little tweak in the thoughts. Stop. You know, stop thinking about how it always been. If you want this thing different, get a different picture here. Believe that you receive. Amen? 
Amen. Are you still with me? Can I give you one more? Okay. Same text, but it's a different, it's Matthew's account. Put Matthew's account up there. Matthew uh, 17, same story going on. Jesus rebuked the demon. This is, how, this is how Matthew worded it. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Verse 19, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Seemed like a valid question, right? If it didn't happen, you probably better ask that question, right? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Well, God, I didn't want to hear that. Well, surely I say to you, if you have faith as a, as a mustard seed, you will, it doesn't take much. You can say to this mountain, be moved from here to there, and it'll move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Verse 21. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Does that mean it's a bigger devil? Well, whether it is or not, all of them are subject to the name of Jesus. So what's he talking about? Well, he's dealing with their unbelief. Okay, so that's the problem. The problem wasn't, you know, really the, the prayer of fast, it's the unbelief. So he says, listen, prayer and fasting is a big key in this. And why is that? Well, it's about giving, getting your thoughts under, under. Come on. It's about getting your flesh under. Come on, somebody. And so why is that critical, the situation? Because I believe with all my heart, the same thing that happened in front of Jesus happened in front of them. That boy went into a, a seizure right in front of them. And they all stepped back. And even though they were supposed to stay in there and pray and believe and get a result, remember, he rebuked. He said, you know, this unbelieving generation. There was a rebuke. Because they, you know, why, you know, I brought them to your disciples and they, wouldn't, they didn't get her done. And he said, oh, this faithless generation, this unbelieving generation. Huh? What am I, how long am I going to have to put up with you? Well, what's, why is prayer and fasting so key? Well, get your head in the game. You'd be amazed when you start getting into prayer and communion with God, what God starts talking to you about. Amen. About what you're meditating on, what you're thinking on, where your head is, whether you're believing or not believing. Come on, somebody. Fasting gets you in check, gets your whole, yeah, really just gets your whole self under submission. Because when things happen, it's real easy to flare up. It's real easy to get caught up in it. It's real easy to get, get pulled under the bus by it. It's real easy, you know, nowadays there's just so much drama, 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 drama. And all this is going on, but if you keep yourself in check, amen, you're not as apt to go wayward in your thoughts all the time. You're more apt to keep everything in check, and you know in your heart, you know what? I cast that thought down. I take authority over that in Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't give in to that. I don't yield to that spirit. I don't yield to that lie. I don't yield to that, that petty stuff that's being said and talked. Praise God. Hallelujah. I believe that I receive. Hallelujah. What's it do? It keeps you in check so that when you do believe, hallelujah, that you receive, you will have. Praise God. Did you get something today? Come on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. Why don't you all stand up? Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah.
was it uh, this, Romans 4 talks about Abraham that he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. You know. And so he got to the place where he wasn't up and he wasn't down all the time. Because he was at first. But he got to the place to where he didn't waver and he got results. Got his promise. And the word said that our patriarchs of faith, you imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises, you'll do the same thing. So instead of sitting over here being mad because you ain't having yet, let's get over here and renovate, change, get a change of thought. Amen. Get yourself hooked up so that you believe, you receive, and that'll follow. Are you still with me? Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise and we give you glory today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these principles. And we give you praise for it. Father, I thank you for a people that believe that they receive. And I thank you that they shall have. Hallelujah. For that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, turn to somebody and say, I'm so glad you're believing that you receive. Praise God. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.